Before the bloodbath begins, slither your way over to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash over to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast. Instagram, the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Then stab over to Dean's Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce. Listen to the show on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the sleigh and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests, and which to learn their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is within the barrens. Dustin, uh, flying solo today. Dean is unfortunately asleep. It's a uh, 1 a.m. over in the UK where he is. But joining us today is the writer-director Kurt uh, Wimmer and co-lead Kate Moyer of the new Children of the Corn film. So let's talk about killer kids and corn monsters together. Kate, Kurt, how are you both? Uh, how are you both doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. We're very excited, you know, to finally get this movie out and have people actually see it and weigh in on it. So we're very excited. I mean, it's been a long time coming. And Kate, I don't want to speak for Kate, but I know, you know, we with COVID and the theaters being closed and everything, we were, you know, until recently sure we'd ever be able to get this movie out. And so we're very happy to finally do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a tremendous amount of, like, a lot of hard work and, and, and you know, like just hard work that was put into this film and all this effort. And I'm, and we're all extremely happy that it's finally being shown on screen. So. Yeah. I was seeing that. Um, I think it was originally supposed to come out in 2020. Right. I think that's what a lot of the yeah. sites were yeah. saying. Yeah. We, we, we started to release it, then, but then we realized, you know, we had to face the fact that nobody was going to the theaters. I mean, they just weren't. And it really wasn't until last year, you know, and when Maverick came out and people said, okay, maybe theatrical will come back and everything doesn't have to go to streaming. So, and that's when we were able to sort of restart the conversation about getting it, you know, back into theaters. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, you've been seeing a lot of horror movies coming into the theaters now. I mean, you got Terrifier 2 who paved a lot of the ways and you have a lot of like the uh, lower budget, like Skinamarink and the Outwaters and now Children of the Corn um, is, is huge. Like I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of the original just the corn because it was just so eerie and um we we watched this film and um yeah it was it was really good i i enjoyed it a lot actually and um i'm i'm excited for people to go out and um see this now especially in theaters uh it's coming out in two days so that's uh that's very very exciting <laughs> i'm sure for oh both of you oh my god this is scary it's scary actually but yeah we're we're definitely excited and, and um it is actually kind of a theatrical movie, weirdly. You know, it's it really is meant for the big screen and with proper sound, atmos, et cetera, et cetera. So if you do, I mean, and, and I'm not 
uh, saying this in a self-serving way, but if you do have a chance to go see it in theater, it's a whole different experience. Oh, I'm definitely going to, definitely going to, because watching on a laptop does just not do anything justice <laughs> at <laughs> all. <laughs> um, and Kurt, I want to say, like, you you made one of my favorite, like, action films of, like, forever is Equilibrium. Oh, like, thank you very, thank you very much. It's such a badass film, like, man, and being able to talk to you, and, and, you know, you did Ultraviolet and you did Salt and like all these like really big action films and like the, you know, 90s and the 2000s. And now seeing you do Children of the Corn, it seems like it's so like left field to you, like completely different. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, gosh, it's funny. I mean, it's I only just recently realized um, that, you know, I do, you know, I mean, I, I do so many. I I. I uh, you know, I, I don't do romantic comedies, obviously, but I get I pretty fluidly travel through different tones. You know, there's it's not really about genres, it's about tones, right? Yeah. So you look at Thomas Crown Affair. The tone of that could not be more different than Law Abiding Citizen or Equilibrium yeah. or Ultraviolet or, you know, um, Salts or anything. You know, they're all very, very different in tone, even though they, some of them have some action in um, Thomas Crown doesn't really have action in it, but yet it's an action movie. And, and so the similarities is kind of structural. Like if you look at those movies, the one thing you can identify that's similar about them is structure. That they, yeah. and the same thing with in the corner, structure that they really start to, once they hook, they really start to accelerate and into sort of a, hopefully, what hopefully is a big finish. So, so what I'm saying is, Children's Corner isn't really, to me, that far afield because if you look, let, I know you tell you a terrible secret that maybe I shouldn't say, but <laughs> Children's Corner is actually an action film. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels like that a lot. Actually, it really does. Well, that's that's it. That's my the, 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 the my kind of signature structure. It's just you know action. It speeds up and it's just, you know gets bigger and bigger and moves faster and faster and hopefully it becomes more and more exciting. So, you know, I always looked at it, you know, I always approached it as an action film. Yeah, yeah, I can agree on that, sure. Now that you're saying that, yeah, I can look at it more like that. But um, going back to, because Children of the Corn, it is, you know, based off a of Stephen King book, so it was based in horror. So, Kate, I wanted to ask you, are you a fan of horror films? <laughs> uh, I'm about to break a lot of hearts here, but not necessarily. Hey, that's, um... that's completely fine. That's completely fine. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I like sleeping through the night soundly without any issues. <laughs> I prefer keeping to the more lighter toned movies. Yeah. And I mean, what you play in this film is like, you are very, um, you're, you're a presence. You really are. You, you control everything in this. And it's really cool having you on too, because you're actually like our, our, our youngest, um, I think, interviewee that we've ever had on the show so you are you're breaking the mold over here on, uh, on our podcast so that's that's awesome <laughs> so um being able to have you on and also kurt you know this is this is awesome so i really thank everybody for you know lining this up and letting us see this film um before everybody else and actually getting a review out and everything like that and going to see this on friday um wherever i can see it so i'm i'm very very excited for everybody else to enjoy this film um <laughs> Well, for, for Kate and I, but thank you. You know, you're right. She does. That, that's why we cast her in some of these because she has this innate ability to control uh, a, a frame. You know, the, she can just do it. And we, we watched her audition, me and the producer, Lucas Foster. And, you know, we saw every uh, young lady of that age in America 
and and she's from Canada, ironically. Yeah. And we had to go. We had to be that far away. And we looked. We saw her audition. And we we're like, I believe her. I believe. <laughs> you know. And so we don't have to like convince the audience that this girl can control that other kids are going to follow her. She's an she is a natural born leader. I believe it. And that was so essential to try and find somebody who wasn't faking it or just raising their voice in order to, you know, sort of convey some sort of control. She just did it. And it was very rare. And I'm, you know, eternally grateful that we were able to find her. Hell yeah. So it's, it's great that you both, you know, found each other and made this film work because I think I'm, I'm trying to think of anybody in like the, the space right now that, if Kate, if you weren't there that filled that spot, I don't know because there's a lot of people, but they're all older. And I think having mm-hmm. since since you're so young and me, whenever I watch a horror movie and there's uh, any kind of, you know, child involved, I, I hate it. It scares the hell out of me. I have a five year old son. So, I mean, like I, I connect on that. I'm like, that's really, really creepy. And then seeing the things that you do in this film and yeah. you being a leader. I wanted to ask you, what was it like being a leader of all of these these kids and you know controlling this town and and watching it you know essentially go through hell? Well, every time you know, because Kurt and I we really developed Eden together. Like Kurt allowed me to have so much freedom when it came to Eden. Um, so we kind of like wrote her together, like every single day. It was like we just we sit down and we talk about what she was going to do and how she would react. And I feel like. You know, when I was Eden, it was it was partly me because I was bringing my own, you know, emotions and my feelings um, to her. But it was also almost like an out of body experience or like a almost like a confidence boosting experience because I was kind of nervous to be, you know, in charge of all these people and try and make it convincing. But as soon as, you know, you kind of get used to it over a while, it just you feel it feels better. It feels more natural. And it's I started to have fun with it. You know, if I can also interject, I, I, it was an interesting experience because I've not experienced any of the other movies I've directed, but I was rewriting every night based on what I saw um, Kate do during the day. Because as I, because we shot during COVID, we were the first movie to ever shoot shirt during COVID. And I, I had not no chance to get to know her other than over Zooms, where we do improv every day. Okay. But I, I spent a lot of time just kind of studying her because I knew, I thought, I felt I knew. I couldn't bend her to the film. I couldn't say, this kid says I wrote it, so you say it. Because it would come out stilted. It wouldn't be her. I, yeah. I felt I really had to find a way to make this character her. So I bent the script to her every day to, to make it more in her voice, I, I tried to bring the film to her. And, and in that sense, you know, we, it was really extremely collaborative and, um, and rewarding experience. Yeah. And it shows on screen too, with, um, with your presence and how you're able to have all these, you know, kids follow you and them do whatever you say without question. It's like, that's really scary. Do you think you could do that in real life? <laughs> <laughs> Like I said earlier, Eden and I are similar because I did. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> I don't murder people. I promise I don't murder people. But let's hope um, not. Yeah. Yet, yet, yet. <laughs> but I feel you know some of my I I I brought a lot of myself into Eden. Um, I probably wouldn't be able to do that because I you know she's definitely more confident. Um, 
than me in that sort of area. Um, but also I feel like to add on what we were saying earlier, COVID helped too. And that sounds like the weirdest thing, but um, we, everyone in the cast bubbled together for two and a half months. We yeah. were basically dorm mates for a long time. And we spent, I spent a lot of time with the kids and, you know, we were all really, really comfortable around each other. It was like, you know, we, we, we saw each other all day, every day. Like even when we went back to our hotel rooms, we were still together. So I feel like that really helped like form a bond that you would probably see in this town where these kids are always together and they're trying to band together and fight this, this adult threat. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, besides to that is, you know, we had a, a whole group of children, obviously in the movie. Um, and uh, most of them are from Australia and some of them are not actors and some of them are actors, but um, they were all, none of them are pushovers, you know, people like Alila and Rafferty, you know, um, certainly not, but yet over the course of production, the kids started just naturally following Kate around such that in the middle of a, a scene when it was blocked that she should go right and the kids are supposed to follow her if she went left like the school of fish without even thinking about it they would just follow her so it really you know it's art uh, reality imitating art or art imitating reality whichever way it goes wow that's really funny uh, <laughs> uh Kurt um is this a film that you you wanted to do like how how did you know, making this Children of the Corn film kind of come about? Well, I didn't, uh, I didn't grow up saying, God, you know what I want to do? I want to make Children of the Corn. <laughs> but, you know, um, it, it's very hard to get movies made in, uh, in this world today. And, you know, I, 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 I've, more than most people, I've written original films, you know, and I'm still doing it, like Beekeeper, which is coming out later this year. It's really hard to do because all they want to do, they being Hollywood, is make movies that are either sequels or remakes or reboots or yeah. got based on a Marvel, a comic book or just, you know some sort of piece of IP. I mean, they don't make any films that are original anymore, which is really, really, really bad for the industry, I think. But that's a whole other subject. So, you know, Children of the Corn is obviously an opportunity. Um, and because it's Stephen King, obviously, and it's a very well-known title, even though it's a bit done to death, it was a bit done to death. But, you know, I'm willing to always uh, take that, that challenge. I mean, if, 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 if it means making a, a movie and see what I can do and make it, see if I can make a good one. And so make, what can I do that make it interesting? You know, again, not rehash what's been done before, but take the, the fundamental uh, original material and, and see if I can... Um, put it, look at it through the lens, the contemporary lens. And, and I thought and right away, I thought, wow, this really um, uh, suits the sort of contemporary story very well because, you know, it's about kids rising up and taking control of their destiny from the adults who completely screwed up their world. And, uh, and I look around and I say, wow, that's like a lot of kids are saying that today. Hey, you guys are screwing up the future. You're not even, you're, you know, 80 years old and you're making policy decisions about the future, make yeah. my future. You're not going to be alive. And I don't get a vote. I don't get a say. And, uh, and I'm like that. And uh, you're driving this, this earth straight into the ground. And I'm like, this is, you know, and that's the, the genius of, of King's, a lot of King's work is that these are stories that can be told and retold again for a new generation, um, yeah. in, in speaking to them in, in their own voice. And so that's why I thought, you know, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, doesn't Hollywood have any new ideas? But I mean, hopefully this is a new, a new way to look at a fundamental, you know, it's like Romeo and Juliet. They're going to be telling that story forever. Like, get over it. 
accept it. It's not going away. And I think this concept of, you know, children taking control of their destinies, and I also want to stress, you know, there's a lot of slasher films out there. If you want to watch a slasher film, you want to watch, you know, Scream or Jason or, you know, Freddy or, you know, you name it or Michael, you've got plenty of choices there. If you want to watch a movie about kids killing adults, you only got one place to go. It's one stop <laughs> shopping. It's called Children of the Corn. There is yeah. nothing. Yeah. So it's its own subgenre, um, which I like. And I think, you know, um, this weekend we own that subgenre. Someone else will come and, you know, do their own version in 10 years. And hopefully that will also speak to the new state, state of the world at that time. But I, I think this movie, this, this idea that King had is that kind of idea that can be recapitulated again and again. Yeah, I agree on that. Uh, I read a lot of Stephen King and he always likes to, you know, focus on the children because it's the most vulnerable state that you can be and watch them grow. And this is one of those things is like he focuses on the children and they have gone bad, <laughs> essentially. Um, and that you see that a lot in this film and, and all the crazy things that everybody does. Um, Kate, I wanted to ask you, with all the crazy things that have happened in this film with, you know, people being killed and People, you know, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a lot of things that that happen. Um, was there a, um, a favorite scene or or memory that, that that was on set or in this film that that you're very fond of and you still kind of hold on to without, I guess, spoiling too much stuff? Unless you guys don't care about spoilers. I I have so many favorite scenes and so many favorite moments. My favorite scene would be. Hmm. I have a lot. I feel one of my most favorite ones near is probably near the end because it's probably one of the ones that I'm most proud of was I wasn't even planning to do this this day. I don't know why it happened. I guess I was just very in it, but um, it's near, I guess, the end of the film and Eden, she constantly puts up this like facade of like, she's super strong and nothing, you know, phases her. And she, she's just, you know, determined to get to this goal, but she, she lets a little bit of her humanity show. And I ended up crying that day. It wasn't on purpose. It just felt right for the scene. And I feel like it made it better, I guess. Yeah. I know what scene yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. I, yeah. I could, agree. That was, I, 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 I didn't know she was going to do it either. And I started crying in the monitor. Oh. You know, to me, this is, this is like a beauty and the beast moment, right? You know, this is a, a girl saying goodbye to you know, uh, her dream, her, her monster, you know, fundamentally and saying that she failed them. I thought, God, that's beautiful. And I, I understood, but, you know, I am um, not that anybody asks, but I have a, a sort of directing style where I don't get chummy with the actors. You know, I'm kind of robotic and I don't like hang out with them and back slapping them or like, you know, small, I don't make small talk. Like am I right about that, Kate? Um, you know, it's sort of all business. And um, and I do that to keep, you know, sort of a professional distance. Yeah, and so that, sure. we, that hopefully it can guide them and, or each other to getting the best performance, because that's why we're there, you know, we're not. And, um, but, but, but uh, nonetheless, I, I, I was never able to tell Kate how happy I was with her because I didn't want to upset the equilibrium of her performance. And it wasn't until uh, there's very strict rules about how long kids can stay on set. And the, the day we wrapped, I mean, they had, they were literally running her out to the car, like running, running. And I, I just managed to catch up with her just in her tent. And I, I literally burst into tears. I oh. burst into tears. And I said, this is one of the greatest actors I've ever worked with. And I, wow. I'm sorry, I never got to tell you why we were making the film. But now that it's 
over. And then, and that was it. And then they, they snatched her away into the car. Yeah. Wow. I that day, that day I was, okay. Cause you're so focused on what you're working on. You're not like, Oh, what's going to happen after the film wraps? I, I wasn't, you know what? I, you know, what expects this, but I was fine the entire day. I was fine when we were on set and we wrapped and I said, just picture wrap, you know, we're all good. And then as soon as I started walking towards the car and I saw everyone, I was like, Oh my gosh, you guys, I may never see again. I don't know. I probably, I, there's, I, you know, I started crying. Your mom started crying. <laughs> we were all crying. There's, there's photo evidence of this. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I love hearing stories like that on set of, you know, after a long day of shooting and you, you nail everything and then you finally get to breathe a little bit and then realize everything that you've done. I've been hearing that story a lot with, you know, um, especially during COVID with everybody being locked in with each other. Cause we've had a lot of, you know, other guests on here with films that were shot during COVID and being, you know, essentially housed together and, and the bonds that you create, it yeah. really is like a whole family dynamic. Um, I think even more so than I think it's ever been in, you know, making movies and, and cinema because of how tight knit everybody is and how the world is now. So that's an awesome story. <laughs> and I'm happy that you both got to share something like that during this that's making. That's 100% true. And I had a, a number of benefits for us. By the way, I should say that um, we started shooting in April 2020. Um, we were the oh, only wow. So I was right. Wow. We, we were the only film shooting in the world for our entire shoot from April to the end of May. We were the only film shooting on Earth. Um, and, and, and so we actually uh, had to invent some of these, most of these protocols. And we, we, we also were the beneficiaries. We know very well that Bonnie experience, but it worked particularly well because we were making a movie um, with kids, a lot of kids, and a lot of them were non-actors. And I was very concerned about this going into the filmmaking process because, you know, I, you know, there's not that many, um, there's not that many comps out there. Uh, Lord of the Flies is one, but if you watch it, you know, even Lord of the Flies, the kids, a lot of them are very self-conscious. You know, they're clearly cutting around. A lot of kids who are standing around, yeah. picking their clothes and staring off into the sky. You know, this is a real, real problem. You know, you've got to, it's like you're wrangling, you know, blind squirrels or something like that. And and so I was like, I don't know how, you know, and we're, are we going to be able to do this? But because of the, the bubble that we had to create for COVID, it brought these kids, as Kate pointed out a minute ago, uh, into this place where they spent every day together, all day. They didn't go home at the end of the day to see their brothers and sisters or go home for dinner or anything like that. They went home with each other and they became so close that they they lost their, um, they became tame, actually. You know? <laughs> oh no, became, <laughs> not for this movie. <laughs> they, they became domesticated though, together. They were no longer wild and raw. And they all, all became, you know, um, you know, some of them came in like Kate, who, who was already a great actor, but some of them were non-actors, but they all ended up. I mean, I, I think if you watch the movie, I think you can't look at anybody and say uh, uh, that kid's like, you know, stock skylark and he's wandering up. They all are so focused and, and they learned, you know, this is an art form uh, acting for the camera and, you know, eye lines and, uh, you know, pretending that there's a monster there when there is nothing but a, but a pear, pineapple on a stick. <laughs> uh, and these kids were all great. And a lot of it had to do with, with the bubble ring COVID, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so other than other than COVID, were there any other challenges with writing or directing this or even acting for you, for you, Kate? I know you guys are saying you're doing a lot of stuff over Zoom. 
and when I know you were rewriting some stuff, but was there any anything else that was kind of in the way? Well, I'll, I'll just say, I mean, there's so many variations of the COVID thing that were in the way, but you know, um, I mean, it, it wasn't just because because we were the first. I just want yeah. to go back to that. because it was the first. It wasn't just oh, we have to isolate. We're in a bubble, you know. We we were on pre-production and leading up, and the world as we were in pre-production started breaking down. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, production offices in in uh, Australia are like, oh, this what's this thing? Hey, you walk in, do you hear about this thing? There's some disease that's coming out of China. You hear about that? And then like, oh man, it's really spreading over there. And then I remember sitting in with my producer Lucas Foster in the office when the news of the first person up in Washington got sick in America. We're like, ah, God, I'll probably be like six people to get it. And then boom, it yeah. just exploded. And so we were like, it wasn't just the, the COVID protocols. Are we going are we making this movie? You know, going right up to the day to the point where when Kate, who came from Canada, she connected in Los Angeles to fly to Australia to be in this film. That's a long day. Australia, yeah, it's longer when Australia shuts down while you're in midair. They shut down. So she lands after what is it, 24 hours of traveling, and she's like, she's ready to go and get some sleep. And they say, Welcome to Australia, Mike. You're going to quarantine. Straight away, she went to quarantine. And and so, I mean, that's their her greeting. And by the way, we love Australians, but that was her welcome to Australia. And then because of the schedule that we had, we didn't have any money. I mean, this movie's a very low, it's a low budget movie. We had to start shooting on a certain day. <clears throat> and it was exactly the day they got out of of, um, of quarantine. So oh, their wow. quarantine was such that they couldn't see anybody. I mean, nobody. So they couldn't do costume fittings. Somebody had to like leave the bag with the costumes on the door and then they'd go away and they'd open the door, get the costumes and do their own fittings. This is how crazy it was. Wow. And the second they got out, the, the day they got out, they went straight to set straight to set and started shooting. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, we had, uh, we understand everybody's, you know, a lot of people shot during COVID, but nobody shot like this. And then not only that, but every day we were like, are we going to come back and shoot tomorrow? So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of pressure in making a film and that's kind of the fun of it. I mean, if you're the masochist, but there was a lot of added <laughs> pressure. We didn't know if we were going to, if we were going to go through and shoot all this movie and that's a, it's a tough place to be. It's a tough place to be on top of everything else. Wow. Okay. I feel so bad for you. That's wow. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It's okay. Wow. That sounds awful though for flying that long and then being like, yeah, so now we're at the height of everything and now you got to go over here for like a week. Two weeks. Two Two weeks. Two weeks. That's right. It was two weeks. Wow. Good night. Did not leave her hotel room. Damn. Well, the movie came out great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so as we know, there's so many other Chosen of the Corn films. Did, did do you feel any um Kate or Kurt, did you feel any pressure of having to either live up to like the first one that came out or, or anything like that? Or was it kind of just like, we're going to do our own thing and we're going to, we're going to stick to that and not worry about all the other stuff that uh, 
that has came well, uh, like, like I say, you know, listen, we never want to disappoint the fans. And the, the fans are weird um, because they, they go in with certain ex- expectations. And, you know, I've seen people who are like, well, the worst Malachi. And, you know, it's like, well, okay, there have been 10 films with Malachi. You know, let's, yeah. let's try something. Let's try something different. But also Malachi, you have to, I believe, you know, is that was, uh, it was a religious, they're religious fanatics. That's why his name is Malachi. It's a biblical name. Uh, Isaac is a biblical name. That was the whole point of those things. These kids are not driven by religion. They're driven by the fact that the adults are screwing up the world and they're killing the corn, which is represents their earth. You know, it's their playground. And um, so, so, you know, to me, it wasn't, it wasn't appropriate to, so it's really King's original work that I want to, to respect. And, and our story is different, but it's the same. It's children of the corn. The entire movie takes place in the corn and it's full of children. So there's that. So <laughs> very <say> literal. <laughs> it's, fun to, it's very, it's true. Yeah. And the fundamental idea also is it's about children rising up and um, when they feel like the adults are not doing their job and taking matters in their hands. And that is still absolutely at the core of the film. So I feel like, you know, so I, um, so there's pressure to, to keep people satisfied and in that respect, and also pressure to entertain people and, you know, give them their, their money's worth so that they say that was an hour and 30 minutes well spent. Yeah, exactly. How about you, Kate? Did you feel any pressure of being like the new lead, like essentially the face of this film? As you know, we had Malachi and, and Isaac and all the other ones. Did you feel any kind of pressure for that? Or were you kind of like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it my best and, and hopefully everybody likes it? Well, um, I... I, I hadn't, when I was auditioning, I hadn't really heard of Children of the Corn that much before because my um, horror pop culture is not up to date. <laughs> you got to get a little bit in there. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, you just but, made the movie, man. <laughs> I, I definitely did not, I didn't watch the movie. I, I, I will now, but I, I didn't. And I, and I feel like I, I was worried that people were just going to see it as like, oh, they're redoing the story and they're just like gender bending and which isn't what it is. It's a, it's a yeah. different, fresh, different twist. That's more relatable to issues that are going on today instead of what Kurt was saying. Oh, like, for sure. For sure. Going on. So I feel like I didn't feel as much pressure because I didn't quite understand what was going on, but also I knew it was a different story. So there wasn't like anything that I had to like recreate in order to do it. I will say that is actually really smart, though, like for being somebody who who doesn't really have like a lot of knowledge and like not knowing anything about that. I feel like because you're going into it so fresh that everything just feels new to you. So that that definitely that's that's a good call. That's very good. Right. We weren't making the same movie either. I mean, it it is. It's a fundamental things are the same. But, um, you know, in in terms of I I didn't uh, make the characters, lead characters, females in order to be politically correct or anything like that. I did it for, you know, very specific reasons. One is um, she was 11. Okay. She's an 11 year old running the show. 11 year old girls and 11 year old boys were different story. 11 year old boys were more like five year old girls. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. But but it's true. And, you know, they don't, they're not, you know, uh, females get their shit together a lot quicker than boys. So, you know, I'm not sure that an 11-year-old boy would be convincing doing what she does, you know, speaking with the authority that she does. That's one of the reasons that I did that. And then with Elena's character, you know, um, 
there are no great genre films or horror. This is, I don't know if there's a horror or not, but uh, that's another debate. But um, there are no great horror films with a final guy. There's only final girls. It, so it has, it has to be a girl because women are the primary drivers and the motivators, the motivating force behind box office for all horror films. If women go, then the guys say, sure. Um, if women don't want to go, the movie's not going to work. And so for that reason, I, I, horror movies are always centered around women. And I also believe, not that you ask, but I'll just expound on it a little further. <laughs> that, you know, if you look at Bill Bolin, Elena Kamporis' character, she's got one foot in the adult world and one foot in the child's children's world. She's not really accepted by either one. Yeah. But that's why I believe, this is my own personal theory, that, um, that horror films always center around 17-year-old girls. Almost always, because what they do is they speak to that kind of existential uh, state of slight terror that women or, or girls of that age are living in because they know they're about to go out into the world and start their own worlds and their own families, which is scary to them. Yeah. And, and, you know, leave the comfort of their family. But but nonetheless, it's what they want to do. And horror films are a way for them to sort of experience that fear without actually having to quite take that step yet. That's what I believe, and that's why. And that's why I created her character like that, is having her foot in both worlds, and she's about to leave. And then, you know, all of this uh, really awful stuff happens. So that was, so it had nothing to do with sort of gender, quantum gender loving or all yeah. that. I hate that. It was, there was, you know, very sort of solid, I believe, thematic reasons behind why I did what I did. Yeah. No, I, I agree on everything that you said, too. Um and you know both uh, of the characters in here they they're very very strong and i want everybody to go see this film when it when it comes out because it's definitely um it's a shower you know there's a lot of stuff that happens in this film is like you said it's very fast it's extremely fast and um i believe this is also going to be going to shutter too i believe later in the month so i'm sure both of you are super excited to be on one of the biggest horror streaming services out there in theaters and on the streaming service that's that's awesome and congrats to both of you for that seriously that's that's amazing i i'm on shutter almost every single day so really? awesome Sorry. yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited for both of you um i guess um i can leave it off um on this one is um was kate we'll start with you do you have anything else in the in the works right now any other films that you're doing or are you kind of just uh, taking it easy for right now uh, okay, so last summer I filmed a movie based on the book called Out of My Mind. Uh, it's a really great book. It's about a girl who has cerebral palsy. Awesome story. I read it when I was in school in grade five. I loved it and I'm very happy to be able to be a part of it. Um, it's going to be on Disney Plus sometime this year. I'll be and looking out for that. <laughs> and also um, I was on, I am on a couple episodes of season two of the TV series Reacher which I also think is going to come out at some point this year. So, Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Currently, you mentioned some other stuff, but if you just want to uh, let our listeners know again, so that way they can uh, keep an eye out. So what else you got going on in the works? Uh, sure. So uh, we uh, finished a film in thanks, around Thanksgiving called The Beekeeper with um, David Ayer. Has directed it and he's putting it together now. It's starring Jason Statham. It's coming out sometime later this year. I've got Expendables 4 coming out later this year. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's exciting. I got three films in the theaters this year. That's 
you know, that's, that's <laughs> I'm, big. I'm pretty pleased about that. You know? Yeah. That's so, really, really big for, you know, a time where theaters yeah. were essentially breaking down and now they're seem to be thriving again, which is amazing. I personally love going to a cinema. I feel at home being there. It's great. hundred percent. You know, it's the only thing you can do. And I love it because I can do it with my family, my kids. Like I have a daughter who's Kate's age and, you know, we can all go, we go to the movies and we go to dinner afterwards and we talk a bunch of shit about it, <laughs> you know, and that's our, our big entertainment, but you can, and, and, you know, it's the only thing that's relatively, you know, economically sensible that you can do with the entire family at night on a Friday night. I mean, what else are you going to do? You can go bowling, but yeah. after, that's what I can do. And, that's, and, and movies, you know, not that you asked, but I'm going to go. One thing that's bugs me is the way that these theater chains now have started doing this crazy stadium seating where. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They're, they, they're separated by walls because, you know, the chairs recline or whatever, but that means there's a wall between each row. And that completely takes away from the communal experience, which, you know, is absolutely necessary yeah. for two things horror and comedy. You know, you need to feel the yeah, power. Yeah, the whole vibe. You need everybody's people. energy. You know, that's why I right. love going to a theater. Right. I mean, it's viral, right? If you're in a great comedy and you were in the old, maybe old school, it's really big theaters where they were, you know, it's just row after row after row. If one person starts laughing, then, you know, it literally like a wave, it infects each yeah. other. That's, you know, that's going away fast. And it really, really disappoints me. Yeah. Well, for all the theaters that are, you know, still kind of keeping to um, everybody together, there's a few over here that they haven't really separated too much stuff, but there's been a few that are doing like um, separate layers, which is really, really weird. Um, some like mom and pop ones over here are separating it. But no, I agree. Like you need that the communal experience. You need everybody there. You need to go there with a couple of friends or even like sometimes I go to the theater by myself and just like feeding off of everybody else's energy. Is, is, is really, really fun. And I'm excited to see how everybody reacts to Children of the Corn um, this week. I'm probably going to go for a couple of days because I usually like to test the, the waters of certain um, theaters around here and see how the, the, the crowds are. So I'm oh, really, very, very intrigued. Thank you. Where are you, though? We don't know. Um, I am in Massachusetts. In oh, other... hello, Massachusetts. Um, hey, I don't know if they have. I mean, I'm going to give you like a plug that nobody asked for, but I'm going to just give it anyway. If, if, if uh, Massachusetts has AMC... Stubbs A list, that's the best deal there is. Pay about twenty okay. bucks. You can go see any movie you want whenever you want. Like you know, it's like printing money. I love. Hell it. yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I'll I'll be definitely looking out for that one. Check 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 it out. It's so good. Hell yeah. Um, but you know, Kate, Kurt, thank you both for coming on. I know we had a, a short time, but um, you both are welcome on here at any time that you want. If you have something you want to promote or talk about or anything like that. It was, it was a blast. And Kurt, like I said, like you made one of my favorite action movies of all time. So it's really crazy to have you on, on here and, and talk about children of the corn and Kate, for you being our, our youngest um, interviewee on here is definitely it's, it's big. It's really, really big. So it's awesome. <laughs> No, not, 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 and the reason she's on is because she's such a good actor. You know, yeah, laugh. for sure. You, you get all the work. Everybody needs to go hire you right now. Seriously, yeah, but, you have. If you can do, if you can do horror action, and then do all these other things that you're doing, you have a wide range that you can do, and that's yeah, that's very, she, very valuable. Very valuable. She's, she's incredible. She's a she's a work of art. Um, yeah. well, 
Well, thank you very much. Oh, uh, as a horror fan, by the way, check out my movie Spell, which I did in 2019. Yes, yes. I, I think I have watched that, but I've watched so many films. I need yeah, to go back and rewatch I, I, everything. I, I, I openly transparent that I just stole misery. <laughs> all right, all right. I will definitely go back and check that one out. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much for for being on here, and everybody, go check out Children of the Corn, March third. Um, this will probably be coming out, I think, on that day. I think I'll be dropping this this on release day for you guys, and then a review will be coming out next week. So uh, yeah, you're right you're right. Dustin, the Dustin part of it, right? Yes, I'm Dustin. Yes, okay. Dean is unfortunately not <laughs> <Okay. laughs> But next time, okay. if you guys uh, come on for anything, he will definitely he'll be there <laughs> for sure. Thanks so much, Dustin. We really enjoyed it. Well, thank you, Kate, and keep making movies. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kurt, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you guys so much. Okay.